Tower Records presents Captain America and the Falcon in And a Phoenix Shall Arise. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 29 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I am joined by my partner, Bob Lucius. Bob, what's going on? That's another day of paradise, Rick, and uh, and I got to tell you, uh, I'm so excited to be uh, to reviewing this issue that for, for a second, I thought I was a little boy again, man, and it was past my bedtime. <laughs> but uh, but I realize I'm a grown man now, so I can stay up and talk about Cap. So oh. let's do it. Yes, yes. So we are going to talk about Captain America Volume One, Number One Sixty Eight, and this came. This had a cover date of December 1973. So yes, it it would have been uh, way past our bedtime uh, by the time we're recording this uh, for both of us. So um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to uh, talk about you know, what. Okay. What's so special about issue 168, you may ask? Well, uh, it is, uh, there's a lot of things special about it, but probably the the thing that makes it more uh, desirable is that this is the first appearance of the Phoenix. And you're like, I'm what, the X-Men character? No, not the X-Men character, but the villain, the Phoenix. And you're saying to yourself, who the heck is that? Well, that is one Helmet Zemo. Uh, and you might know that name because that is uh, basically the current Baron Zemo in the Marvel Universe. Um, his dad was also Baron Zemo, of course, and his dad was Heinrich Zemo, who was a major villain of Captain America in World War II. And so this is the first appearance of his son, Helmet Zemo. Uh, it also is the first appearance of Hilda Zemo, his uh, his mom. But um, yeah, that's that's basically one of the, the special things about. It. Now, the other thing that's really cool about this Bob is um, back uh, back in, in the day, they, uh, Marvel had a deal with um, Power Records, and they would put together um, these forty five RPM records, and these would appear along with the comic in this uh this package and it was like a thicker hard stock uh cover and uh and on the record was the the comic narrated with you know special effects sound effects and uh it was really really cool um so we may have some a little bit of that uh throughout this uh, episode so uh keep your ears peel- peeled for that all right so before we get into this issue uh you remember uh me mentioning before Bob, my uh, my friends at the local comic shop, um, Comic Fortress. That's right. How the how the jingle go again? <laughs> comic Fortress. It's the place to get your stuff. <laughs> That's the place, right? <laughs> um, I got I got I got some really good news. You ready for this? I know you mentioned that you had some stuff that was sitting in your cart on ComicFortress.com, and you're waiting for some cheese. Um, but guess what? I was able to get a coupon code for our listeners. So if you were to go on to comicfortress.com and put in the coupon code captain, you're going to get 10% off. Biggity dog, 10%. 
That's right. And uh, so what, what can you find on this, uh, on, on the website? Uh, you're going to be able to find all kinds of cool collectibles. Uh, they have hot toys. They have statues. They have bus. They have action figures. They have, you name it. Uh, they've got a, a huge selection, uh, reasonable prices. And now you're going to get 10% off with the code CAPTAIN. So make sure uh, you go to comicfortress.com, check them out. And then when you do check out, Put in the code CAPTAIN. All right, so we're going to get into uh, this issue, 168, and the title of it is And a Phoenix Shall Arise. And this was uh, um, written by Roy Thomas and Tony Isabella. Um, So they have kind of co-credits here, although I think um, I read somewhere that uh, Roy Thomas plotted the issue and actually wrote the first six pages. And I guess Tony wrote the, the remaining pages. Um, then it is penciled by legendary Sal Buscema. Uh, inked, uh, we have John Tartag and George Rossos. Colorist, Linda Lessman. Letterer, Charlotte Jetter. Editor, Roy Thomas. And all right, so what we're going to do is uh, on the cover here. Um, it's an interesting cover. I'm holding up. I got, uh, for our listeners at home, what I'm doing right now is I am holding up two things. I'm holding up uh, my copy of 168, uh, uh, which is a uh, really good condition. And I'm also holding uh, the, the book and record set. Now, the, the thing about the book and record set, there, I, I didn't go through and, and check exactly where, but I think there are some slight changes in the in the uh the comic on the book and record set uh they made a few changes here and there but we're going to go ahead and we're going to read from the comic version um and on the cover here it's a really cool cover um uh by uh sal basima and it is um you know bob you remember when um comics actually had dialogue on the cover yeah, I know. That kind of gave you a hint of what might be going on inside. Right. Although sometimes it threw you off a little bit. Yeah. Well, this one here, um, you know, we have, it's Captain America and the Falcon, because there was that period of time when it was both uh, Falcon and Captain America on this title. So we have um, uh, the, their little logos up there, and it's 20 cents back in the day. Um, <clears throat> and on this, you have... Uh, scene from the story which is captain america uh bolted to a a metal um table and uh he's uh actually vertical here and it's hanging by a chain over a a big vat of something that's kind of molten uh some sort of liquid with steam coming up in bubbles and his in the in his boots are, are actually touching it now, over to the side of him, because uh, it, it looks like they're in some sort of warehouse. Uh, oh, there's those abandoned warehouses again, Bob. Yeah, yeah I tell you, you know, uh, this uh, periodically, you know, the economy slows down and there's a lot of uh, empty warehouses for villains to use. So well, another, good, another good reason to, uh, you know, work on the economy. <laughs> those ruffians, they always <laughs> find something to do. All right, so uh, you've got... Um, a guy here in a red and yellow costume. He's got a yellow cape and uh, a yellow mask. Um, almost looks like a, 
a Wolverine mask, if you will, with the kind of points coming up from the eyes. And he's got a machine gun that he's firing at Cap because, you know, him being submerged into the the Volton vat here of, of whatever it is, isn't enough. He's got to be fired on too. And just as he's firing, he um, uh, the Falcon is swinging in. Now this is pre-Wings Falcon, okay? So he doesn't have his wings yet from Wakandia. So he's, uh, did I say Wakandia? Wakanda. <laughs> It's been a long day, Rick. It's been a long day, Bob. <laughs> so, um, so he's he's here. He is swinging in, and he says, "Cap, no, I won't let him kill you unless he kills me first. And the uh, the villain says, "You're too late, Falcon. Too late." And he's firing, but at the same time, Falcon's hitting him, so he's a little off aim, and he's not hitting uh, Cap, but he's shooting the um, right next to him. And he says, by laser blast or by molten lava, Captain America dies now. And the caption reads, who is the phoenix? You'll gasp when you learn this, his startling secret identity. So if, if you're a, a young Bob or a young Rick, uh, this, this is going to grab your attention. Yeah, yeah, you're going to see that one on the rack, you know, and the spinner, and you're going to be like, uh, well, I have to learn. How, I got to know who the secret identity is. Exactly. And will he get out of this? Because it's either molten lava or the laser. Yeah, right? I mean, this guy has a plan B. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so here we are. We're on the splash page, and it's Cap uh, and Falcon late at night up on a, uh, a rooftop, and... Um, and Cap's, uh, you know, he's, he's looking a little, little glum here. And the caption reads, Captain America and the Falcon on Night Patrol. No less than a baker's dozen of their most harrowing adventures must have begun in just this way. Cap, hey Cap, what's with you, partner? We're supposed to be watchdogging it, and you're moping around like you just lost your last friend. Which you definitely ain't, not while I'm around. What? You have to run that by me again, Sam. I'm a bit slow on the uptake this evening. Some nights it just gets worse than others, that's all. Some nights it just gets worse. Yes, just another night patrol. Then why, when this long night is through, will Steve Rogers' world never be the same? Next page. Worse? What gets worse, Cap? Now I'm the one who doesn't follow. I can't shake it tonight. The feeling that I'm a walking acronym. A guy who looks like he's 20, even though he was fighting Hitler's hordes some 30 years ago. Huh? Now what made that old bugaboo creep up on you all over again? A lot of things, maybe. All adding up. I guess it started when I found, when I fought the madman who took my place during the 50s. Remember those issues? Oh, that was a great, uh, great review uh, that we did, Rick. That's right. Little Steve Englehart story. But maybe it all fell into place recently when I saw Peggy again. Peggy, the girl I loved for a brief instant during World War II, and who may crack under the shock when she learns it's her younger sister, Sharon, I love now, not her. So uh, for those of you who only follow the MCU and you're, you're not aware of comics, so back then, so this is 1973, right? So in 1973, Cap's been out of the ice technically nine years, uh, Marvel time is going to be shorter than that, of course. But if you think about it, 
you know, World War II was 30 years ago. So it, Sharon at this point was his flame Peggy's younger sister. Now, later it's revealed that it's her aunt. And then, of course, in, you know, MCU, it's probably more of like a an honorary aunt than an actual aunt. You know, maybe a great aunt, but she calls aunt, you know, you just you don't know. So anyway, just uh, trying to explain that here. So Falcon says, that's what's really wasting you, ain't it, Cap? You could stand being kept on ice for 20 years like you were, but an old-fashioned triangle's got you down. Sure, else, why pick tonight for this out-of-my-time jazz to get you down? I don't know. It's just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen, but I don't know what. Frankly, Shield Slinger, we don't know either. But if we all move our eyes exactly one panel to the right, we'll all find out together. Now. Falcon, duck. Now that's what I call cutting it close. You okay, old buddy? Feeling no pain, not yet, anyhow. But if that big bang had come one inch nearer, what was it, anyhow? Some kind of ray? Sure looks like it. We're both lucky it didn't. Luck had nothing to do with it, fool. Cap, look up there. I see, Falk. I see. Do you? Do you really? Then know that your treacherous eyes gaze upon the face and form of the Phoenix. Know, too, that you'll not escape my vengeance. Now, here's uh, the guy I described on the front cover, right? So he's got, um, let's just say it's a red, red costume, but there's flames appearing to be uh, in his, you know, trunk area uh, and coming from his gloves and around his uh, cape. His cape looks torn, which almost looks like a, a flame. So, you know, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. And he's there holding... Uh, what looks like a machine gun, but it happens to be a laser death ray. Vengeance? Is that dressed to kill dude, uh, an old sparring partner of yours, Cap? Negative, chum. I thought he was one of yours. Such wit in the face of adversity is admirable, but futile. You're merely stalling, and I'll have no more words to waste on you. Feel the fury of the phoenix, and he fires on them. I'll keep him occupied, Falcon. You get moving on the double. But even even as the laser-like beam blasts still another hole in the crumbling rooftop, Sam Wilson's ever-alert mind is already light-years ahead of his fast-turning feet. So he's running away, and he says, Go like a bat, Red Wing. And Red Wing's flying as well. And he's thinking to himself, Don't know why I'm bothering to run. It doesn't take an instant replay to see what that maniac is up to. Namely, he's firing just a cap. Far as I'm concerned, he's just here to phone in Steve's obit. Well, I don't know who that cat is or why he's got a hate on for cat. But I sure aim to find out. And he, he swings in and, and hits the phoenix from behind. So, black man, you sneaked up on me from behind. Precisely the kind of tactics I should have expected from your kind. Says the goofball with the gun. Well, I'm not behind you now, Flameface. So if you want to duke it out, fair and square, a fair fight with one like you, how should I stoop so low? This is good enough for you. And he takes the, the, the bunt of his gun and he uh, hits him in the face. 
and he knocks Falcon down. As for you, my red and blue foe, I have no desire to kill you, not right now, not when I can make you suffer all the more, by slaying the one you call the Falcon. Sam stunned, no, re no way to reach them in time. So watch, my friend, watch and grieve. And then, just then, his, his gun, as he tries to shoot it, it fizzes. Eh? My weapon's charge, exhausted. Then your just desserts must wait, Captain America, until we meet again, perhaps tomorrow. I'll be waiting, mister. He's agile. I'll say that for him. Well, I've been known to do a little rooftop leaping myself in the approved superhero manner, especially since I gained that extra modicum of super strength a while back. Fat lot of good it's done me so far, though, against the so-called Phoenix. You all right, Sam? You must be getting tired of asking that question, Cap. One thing's clear, though, namely that I'm getting to be a real drag in the mass sidecar sidekick department. I wound up being nothing more than a hostage. If I hadn't been here, that man-man could still have picked me off. He just didn't want to, want to, that's all. So now who's getting morbid, old buddy? Okay, okay, you made your point. Now what? Had any second thoughts about who it might have been? Not yet. I've had a lot of enemies in my day, though, and you could bet your beak I'm going to spend the next 24 hours going over the list. So the, uh, I guess the next 24 hours cuts to the next page, and, and here's Cap in his civvies walking on the street with some thought bubbles. And he's thinking, maybe the phoenix was just tossing me a red herring to keep me from guessing who he really is. But his taunts are the only lead I've got. Only thing is, Captain America's got more arch enemies than most people have relatives. Power-mad killers like the Red Skull, who's been plaguing me and mankind for 30 years. I thought he took the plunge from the fifth and final sleeper a few months ago. But can I truly be sure he's dead? Which was in Captain America 148. And we all know, of course, that, you know, he died and stayed dead. One thing's certain, anyway, it, it can't be Baron Zemo. He was a holdover from the big war, too. But a rock slide finished him off several years back. I ought to know. I buried him. And that happened in Avengers 15. Of course, there are new bad guys being added to the ranks all the time. Like the Viper, Dr. Faustus, even Solar. Hmm. Wonder if it could be Solar. That death ray of his. And that was from uh, issue 160, not too long ago. Not likely, though. He would use a rifle instead of... Not likely, though. Why would he use a rifle instead of his own sun-powered superpowers? Well, this little walk in the sun has made a believer of me. There's only one way to learn the secret of the phoenix. And that's by building a better mousetrap. So the next evening, or that evening, he's, uh, he's up on the rooftops again in his Captain America uniform. And he's, he's thinking to himself... With one slightly used defrosted shield slinger as bait. Been out of out been out for hours now. And no sign of and then Falcon swinging into action with Red Wing. Hold up there, Cap. You getting too good to be seen with poor folks? Me and Red Wing thought we'd keep you company if you don't mind. You could have saved yourself the swing down, Falcon. The thing is, I do mind. Huh? What's with you, partner? I just thought, look, I was going to go easy on you, not hurt your feelings. 
But since you asked, I'll give it to you straight. I've been thinking about some of the things you said last night, and I decided you were right the first time. The time you could have given me a helping hand was then, and you blew it. So go play with your pet birdies somewhere else, okay? Like the lady said, I want to be alone. Okay, partner, any way you want to play it? You want alone? You got alone. And he swings off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then there's Cap looking a little sad, right? He's thinking to himself, I really hated to play that little number on Sam, especially considering the problems we've just we've had just keeping this partnership together lately. But that Phoenix character wants me pretty bad, and I won't risk the Falcon catching one that's meant for Captain America, the way Bucky Barnes did. Maybe that's my trouble with all the partners I've had since I was, quote, resurrected. Rick Jones. The Falcon, Nick Fury, even Sharon and the Avengers to some extent. Subconsciously, I've been seeing Bucky in them. Bucky was a kid. I was all he had. But the others, all brave, skilled, dedicated people, they don't need a father image. Cap, you've been doing some good folks wrong. I'd better get back to business now, though, because if the Phoenix is still gunning for me, he can't help but see me up here. So he's been kind of jumping around. Uh, all of uh, New York here, and then, and here he is in Times Square, and uh, and the uh, the crowd's noticing him. Captain America in Times Square, and Mom told me New York was no place to go for va- my vacation. He's gorgeous. What about those radio spots that say he's a menace? Are you kidding, Mister? In my book, Cap's the greatest. Nobody takes those spots seriously. So Cap's thinking to himself, funny. I don't seem to get a kick out of out of crowds the way I used to. Maybe it's those radio ads. Maybe it's because I don't know where I stand with the very people I'm trying to protect. Can it, Cap? There's no sign of Phoenix, so it's time to hit the road. Cap searches everywhere. He finds nothing until he that guy must have run into something to mess him up like that. And that something may be the Phoenix. The guy says, he's after me. I've got to get away. Easy, fella. You can relax now. A card-carrying Avenger is on the scene. Captain America, thank God. What happened to you? And he's, you know, he's got a little ripped up on the shirt and his hair's all mussed up. Some costume nut with a ray gun just tried to kill me. He was raving mad, Cap. Said he knew I was you in disguise, that I couldn't escape his vengeance. That sounds like my man, all right. Okay, pal, show me where this psychotic playmate of yours is hanging out. He was in the alley. That's him. It is Phoenix. And if he's as bananas as you say, and what we see is, um, you know, at the other end of the alley, there's uh, there's a Phoenix with his back to him and, and his gun. And Cap comes up behind him and says, I'm not taking any chances. And he hits him. It's not the real Phoenix. It's a robot. But that means oh, some kind of gas. It's filling my lungs, burning them. I can't get any. 
and, and the guy that he was helping, he's up behind him and he says, Haha, it worked once more. Captain America is helpless before the power of the Phoenix. But this time, you star-spangled swine, you will not escape me. This dirty little alley is your final battlefield. And Cap's laying there on his ground. And he's, he's he looks like he just can't move. Let that penetrate your oxygen-starved brain, Captain America. But why? 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 When you suffered as much as I have, you living relic, then you can ask that question. And the answer will come in the searing blast of my death ray. Who are you? And then he, he passes out. Fade to black. All right, so here we are, next page, and it's the scene from the cover of the comic. So as I described before, Cap is bolted to a vertical metal plate here, and he's over this vat, uh, and the phoenix is standing there with his mask off on this um, archway uh, looking at him, and he says, "'You recovered from the gas far sooner than I had expected, Captain America.' but still not soon enough to save yourself. The chains, of course, are far too strong for even you to snap. What's behind all this, Phoenix? What madman's grudge do you have against me? Or are you just another would-be world-beater? I would have thought my identity would have become obvious to you, Captain. My namesake? The spirit bird of legend that rises from the ashes of its own destruction to live anew. The death ray I used to lure you into my trap? The boiling substance in the vat below you? Or don't you recognize that substance? Adhesive X. Oh no, Rick. There he is. He's looking pretty dire, man. Adhesive X? It can't be. The villain who invented it died years ago. There's no way he could have survived, and you're years younger than he was. Of course I am, you fool, because the man you call a villain was my father. Dun, dun, dun. Vader. <laughs> Baron Zemo, the man you destroyed. What do you really know of the man you murdered, Captain? You hated him for his work on behalf of the Nazis, but my mother and I, we loved him. And so now we're seeing flashbacks of of uh, Heinrich Zemo outside of his costume, just as a dad and uh, holding a young uh, uh, helmet. And then we have Hilda in the background. He was a brilliant man working tirelessly for the cause of the Third Reich. And you Americans condemned him for this, denying his genius because your scientific knowledge was so puny in comparison to his. And when he invented a marvelous laser device, decades before your people would even understand the principles involved. Your papers called it a death ray. It started an insidious propaganda campaign against its inventor. The death ray of Dr. Zemo's special Marvel edition number eight. The campaign worked. My father became the most hated man in Germany and had to wear a mask to conceal his face from those who would harm him. He was wearing it the day you attacked him. And sure, sure enough, uh, there's uh, Heinrich with his, uh, it looks like a Nazi garb on and a hood over himself. Cap busting in through a window. Cap throwing his shield at him while uh, Heinrich fires. 
He had just developed adhesive X, the most powerful adhesive ever invented. Once applied, nothing could remove it. You were determined to rob the Reich of the discovery. Your shield crashed through the adhesive tank, spilling its contents and destroying the invention. You also destroyed the inventor. And you can see that um, the shield breaks open this vat, which um, comes down on the mask of Heinrich. And then the next panel, you see there he is um, clutching his mask and he can't take it off. And Hilda and Helmet there next to him, looking despaired. For the cursed mask he was forced to wear had become permanently fixed to his face, never to be removed. And that drove my father mad. And madness changed him then. He raged, fumed, and even took his hatred out on his family. His love was forever more lost to us. And you can see him striking a young helmet. And then we see in the next panel, Helmet standing over the grave of his mom, Hilda. He left my mother and me and disappeared. The Allies were fast approaching Berlin. My mother died soon afterward. She had not wanted to continue living without him. Oh, I survived, thanks to the scientific skill I inherited from my father. But it was a lackluster life. I was plagued by a burning hatred for a man I thought beyond my vengeance. You! Until one day, and he's reading a, a newspaper, and it's the Captain America back in action. First photos of famed hero of, as member of Avengers. When the papers further reported that you had found my father and murdered him, my path was clear. My first step was to return to Castle Zemo, which I had managed to hold on to after the war. There, surrounded by my father's greatest achievements, I threw myself into a study of his books and notes. I was determined to recreate his two greatest inventions, Adhesive X and the Death Ray, and use them to destroy Captain America. And as you doubtless noticed, my dear Captain, I have succeeded admirably. Give it up, son. You don't really want to continue a battle that should have ended 25 years ago, do you? You lost your father. I lost my partner. Aren't those sacrifices enough to offer up to the gods of war? Do you think a flowery speech will stop me now? You killed my father, and you're going to die for it. In a boiling vat of adhesive X. And just then, Falcons bust in through the ceiling. You want to rephrase that sauerkraut? The Falcon! Good guess, Tucson. And he fires at him, but Falcon's too fast. The name of your destroyer is Phoenix. Same difference. They're both in Arizona. Look at that. Sam's making a little joke. A, a geography joke. Cap says, Falcon, I left you back in Harlem. How did you manage to locate me here? Come on, Cap. You didn't really expect me to fall for that. I want to be alone routine, did you? I put a certified shield tracer on your own grand old shield. Ah, Cap, do you mind if we continue this just a bit later? I think I'm going to be busy. And of course, Phoenix is firing at him again. <laughs> Prepare to die, black flunky. Not that time, Archie. Captain America in death. <laughs> what? <laughs> the cursed bird? <laughs> My brother Red Wing has given me all the opening I need. 
to put son of Frankenstein away for keeps. Mm. And he comes up and he kicks um, uh, Zemo. You don't know, man, but you're just what the doctor ordered. I needed something to prove that my partnership with Cap was still a good idea. And baby, you're it. And he hits him again. Falcon, ease up on him. He's not a real villain, just a misguided fool still fighting World War II. It's no use. Sam can't hear me, but I can't let him injure the Phoenix. The work took too many lives, left too many hatreds unhealed. I can't let it go on. I've got to use all my strength as never before. Got to keep pulling and pulling. And he breaks free. And then he he leaps uh, over the vat. Have to make it to the balcony. I'm only going to get this one chance. And he lands there, and he, and he kind of pushes Falcon away from beating up Zemo. What's the matter with you, Cap? You want that nut to get away? Locking him up isn't the answer to 25 years of blind hatred. We've got to try to reason with him. And so at this point, Zemo goes to grab the shield, and he's thinking, while those fools are arguing, they've given me the opportunity to finish them off once and for all with Captain America's own shield. Turning your back on me was unforgivably stupid, Captain America. What? Don't be a fool, man. You don't know how to use my shield. You could... He ain't buying a cap. Guide my hand, my father, as I avenge your death! This was just by a hair. But now it's heading back at the Phoenix. <laughs> Dear God, I've got to try to save him. It's too late, and we see the hand sinking into the vat. The big war just claimed another victim, Sam, and I couldn't save him. Come on, Steve, it wasn't your fault, wasn't it, Sam? The Avengers revived more than an out-of-sync soldier when they freed me from the iceberg. What do you mean, Steve? They revived a whole generation's hatreds, hatreds that should have been left frozen a quarter of a century ago. Say it again, Sam. Say it isn't my fault. Maybe the second time, I'll believe it. And Cap walks away, dejected, holding the shield, just hanging from his right hand. Next dish, Captain America. Fugitive? Wow! There's some good stuff in there, Rick. You know, a lot of throwbacks to uh, previous, you know, issues and uh, issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean that both in the publication sense as well as in the psychological sense. Yes, there's definitely a lot of psychological uh, issues going on here uh, with uh, with the son wanting to, to get revenge and with Cap dealing with uh, all of his particular issues, especially uh, he's still pining for Bucky. Indeed, indeed. You know, I, I got to tell you, Rick, one of the things I, uh, one of the panels I loved most in this, uh, this uh, issue was when uh, the younger Zemo is reading the newspaper and realizes that Captain America is still alive because he's reading the exact same newspaper that his father was reading at the same time back in Avengers number six, when he realizes that Captain America is still alive. Interesting. And of course, you know, the elder uh, met his end very much like the uh, Wicked Witch of the West in Avengers number 15. You know, that last panel shows his feet sticking out from 
from the pile of boulders, just like the uh, the witch, his feet were sticking out from the, under the house. But uh, just for a, a cool throwback. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe that'll be the new um, saying. Because you remember how it used to be like, well, everybody everybody doesn't stay dead in Marvel except for Uncle Ben and Bucky. Well, obviously that didn't stay true for Bucky. So maybe it's uh, Uncle Ben and uh, Heinrich Zemo. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, let's hope so. Yes. I think one Zemo is enough. True that. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Uh, you know, so I did now, now that I've read through it again. Um, yeah, there definitely were some changes from the, the book and record set. Um, they, they left out the references to, uh, you know, calling, you know, just, just calling out the uh, Sam you know, the way that he did, Oh yeah. you know, um, on the rooftop and then in the, um, the warehouse. So they kind of, kind of changed that a little bit and then a few other things. So I caught those. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't looked through my, uh, my, my record reprint, uh, and noticed that, but that, but that makes sense. You know, that language is a bit, was a bit harsh. I mean, it was a bit, a bit edgy even, you know, in 1974. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So it's interesting. So um, when, so he, everybody believes he died, right? Because that's, that's 1973. He comes back in issue 275, which is nine years later. Um, and J.M. DeMatteis decides to, to bring him back. And, uh, and that was, you know, we had, we did have a, a nice uh, conversation with Damateus um, about that. And uh, he touched on how, um, you know, he was fascinated with the whole father son relationship. So that's, that's why he decided to, to bring back um, Helmet Zemo. And so um, while uh, some, some people refer to issue 275 as, um, uh, his first appearance, uh, and I guess it's his first appearance as Baron Zemo, um, but really it's, uh, you know, Helmet Zemo's in, in 168. But it is a seminal issue, and I, I agree with you. I think you know, a lot of folks get uh, hung up on, uh, well, first appearances, and, and indeed, 275, I guess, was the first appearance of, uh, of Baron Zemo the second, right? Or what is he, the 13th or something? I, I, yeah, I, technically, I, something I, like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that, you know? Uh, yeah. But I'm, I am like, uh, I am grateful that uh, J.M. DeMatteis brought him back later because I think if it ended with just this sort of one shot deal with the Phoenix and. Oh yeah. He's made, you know, I mean, thank God yeah. for DeMatteis bringing him back because he, he's an amazing villain. Um, right. And yeah. I mean, he, 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 I don't want to give away if you haven't listened yet to our top 10 villains, not named Red Skull. Um, that was episode nine. Uh, you should totally check that out. Um, and, and, you know, Helmet Zemo does make it onto the list. Uh, I'm not going to say where, but, um, yeah, Baron Zemo is a, a fantastic villain. Um, there's been some, so many great stories that have come, um, since Demetrius brought him back. Yeah, I mean, I, he is—he's uh, continued to evolve as a character, and uh, and just just the whole character has gotten richer and deeper and uh, more complicated, you know, to the point where, like, I, you know, in the Nick Spencer run, that uh, you know, you either love it or hate it, you know, he ends up being, you know, 
Steve Rogers, you know, for lack of a better word, like best friend, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. his, his, his buddy. Uh, and so I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly powerful character that, um, you know, it go, and it all goes back to this one issue, man. So. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> and if you have a chance, um, if you haven't listened to our conversation with De Mateus, um, that's episode 13. So go check that out. Um, cause he does get into the, uh, psychological, uh, issues between fathers and son and, and not only in, and with Baron Zemo but some of the other characters as well. Uh, so that was a, a great conversation, a lot of fun. And speaking of psychological, uh, uh, we might, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good time to talk about our next episode, um, which is going to be episode 30. And that is, uh, we're going to have a, a special guest on, um, and it's going to be a uh, Dr. Mark D. White, who is a professor of, um, philosophy and uh, has written many books, uh, but the one that we want to talk about is The Virtues of Captain America. Um, so we're going to have him as a, a guest on our next uh, next episode. So I'll, that's going to be a, a real fun conversation because I know how you and I love to, to get philosophical quite quite often. Yeah. Tune into this conversation because trust me, it's it's going to be amazing. Uh, we talk about some really, uh, you know, sophisticated meta themes and, and uh, concepts about Cap's role in American society as a moral exemplar. I mean, it's really interesting stuff. And we get to we get to talk about my favorite misused quote. <laughs> yeah, you were like uh, you were like a dog on a bone with that <laughs> and that part of the conversation. You would let go of that one, Rick. So I, I think I folks are going to enjoy that. And the quote I'm referencing is the one where. Cap's talking to Spider-Man and he says, you know, plant yourself, you know, by the uh, river, river of truth, truth yeah. like a tree and <laughs> say, don't, you know, you move that, that quote. I think that quote is so misused. And uh, so we have an interesting conversation uh, with Dr. White about spirited, that. Spirited conversation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's, oh, by the way, if you have not, um, rated us uh please go to apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating um we really do appreciate it and um i got one here uh i want to read and this is from rl sharp 77 so rl sharp 77 uh wrote the title is a star spangled podcast found this podcast by accident was growing tired of podcasts about MCU Captain America. Was looking for something truer to my love of the Captain America mythos. Quickly became a member of Facebook group as well. Top 10 villains, not named Red Skull, was my first episode listened to. Was sad not to see Heinrich Zemo, not even as a dishonorable mention. Sorry there, R.L. Sharp. But love the podcast and would love to see a top 10 of sidekicks not named Bucky. What do you think of that one? Oh, that's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that we can consider there. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we're going to do more top ten lists. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have that definitely the uh, definitely in the next couple of months. We're going to have another top ten list. So uh, so thank you for your um, thank you for your review, and uh, thank you to everybody who goes on and rates and reviews. Uh, we certainly do appreciate that. 
All right, Bob. Well, as always, I've enjoyed a wrap and cap with you. Yep. Another great issue in the can. Let's uh, look forward to the next one. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.